Hello, book lovers, and welcome to Rather Be Reading. You're Alyssa. And you're Persephone. Join us as we talk about our most recent reads and all things bookish. Here is the next what chapter. The- oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> well <Hello>. that- <laughs> Hi. that's good. We don't have to talk about my hairy mouth. I'm glad you got the hair out of your mouth in the time it took us to actually get the recording started. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. good. And a happy new year, everyone. Happy new year. Yeah. Yes. Yay. We're starting 2024. So wild. Yeah. I know. So wild. Do you believe in New Year's resolutions? I do. Ooh. I like doing New Year's resolutions. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I hardly ever follow any of them. Hmm. But I like to be mindful about like totally. going into like it feels like it's like a new beginning, even though it's really yeah. not like it's just a meaningless time thing I like to okay it feels like a fresh start you know totally. like I'm gonna think about things that I would like to manifest for this new year make happen be yes. mindful of so I do like new year's resolutions I love that yeah. I love that what about you yeah I I honestly I think I feel very similarly because it does feel it very much is like okay doors closed we get a whole new go around yeah. like yeah so it is such a I think it's such a fun positive hopeful opportunity exactly to think about all the adventures I do think it's important to be realistic though you know like yeah. I don't think it's helpful to be like I'm gonna lose 50 pounds this year and mm-hmm. only eat vegetables yeah and then Please you're just setting yourself that. up for failure and disappointment it's like not be realistic like yeah don't do that to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I feel like as long as things are like rooted in like genuine self-love. Yes. Like, please don't diet anyone. Ugh. Like no diet no. culture. No, 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 no. It's not good. It's and yucky. it never works. It yeah. never works. <laughs> yeah. And it's yucky. Yeah. You deserve better for it yourself. Is. Do you have any bookish resolutions? Oh. <laughs> I, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they are yet. Fair. I haven't, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a bookish goal. Yeah. For, like, the number of yeah, books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it sucks because it's, like, that whole thing that we talked about last time, too, about, like, uh, that balance between wanting to be realistic. Yes. Also not wanting to feel pressure right. to read that amount. Yeah. But also wanting to, like, challenge yourself yeah. for the fun of a challenge. Yeah. I definitely try and keep mine realistic. Like every year since I've started kind of really picking back up reading, Mm -hmm. I've actually, my goal has been less than the year I read before. Cause I like, it does feel like good to read Mm -hmm. more books than you put as your goal. And I want it to be realistic because I want to allow myself room to like, not feel like, oh, I'm failing at my goal. Totally. So my goal this year is on average, like four books a month. So uh, 48 books a year. Because usually I can read somewhere between two and five books a month. So it'll like hopefully average out to four books a month. That's so I'm I'm trying to keep it realistic. I love that. Keep in mind that yeah, life can get hard sometimes. And reading is, like, one of the first things to go by the wayside. <laughs> 100%. 100%. 100%. is so healthy because I was, like, trying to decide, like, oh, God, am I going to choose, like, two more than I mm-hmm. read this year to, like, kind of try to push, push myself? Yeah. But I already kind of feel, like, for me, the amount I read was kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. So then I was trying to kind of, like, balance that and make a realistic 
compassionate goal yeah. for myself. Yeah. So I love that. That's like yeah. such a healthy yeah. way to approach it. Yeah. And then if you get more, you get more. Right, that's exactly. Great. Then it's Good exciting. Yeah. Oh, yay, I met my goal in October. No, yeah. everything that I read from here on out was just bonus. It's just you know? bonus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think for this year, I set mine to like 52. Because mm-hmm. I was like, well, one a week, like that sounds like a cool goal. And yeah. It was nice because I, I did feel like so much less pressure. And I don't know. It was nice because like Goodreads is like, oh, you're like five books ahead of schedule or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's nice to feel like, oh, I'm like, I'm on top I of things. I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. This is great. This exactly. is realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Nice. <sighs> do you have bookish or non-bookish updates? I do. I have bookish updates. Oh, do tell. Um, so the first one is Rusty got me a Christmas gift this year <laughs> of Catherine Arden, the author of the Winter Night Trilogy, The Bear yeah. and the Nightingale, The Girl in Tower, and The Winter of the Witch, has a new book coming out this February, uh, February 13th, called mm. The Warm Hands of Ghosts. And I don't really know much of what it's about other than it's set during World War One. Uh-huh. And he got me a personalized signed edition that oh is, is going to come to me. I'm like, that is so sweet because he knows I love, That's love, so love those sweet. books. So I'm super excited about Rusty. that. Rusty. Yeah. Shout out. I know. What so a sweet. sweetie pie. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> I mean, I'm just choking on my own spit here. Um, so that's my first bookish update. Okay, that is so um, thoughtful. I know, super sweet. And then my second update is that so you know the Stormlight Archives, Brandon Sanderson. Yes, Stormlight Archives, <laughs> so not Starlight Academy. We got there eventually. That's yep, all that Um, the fifth book in that series, which is the final book in the first arc. So uh-huh. he, the full series is going to be 10 books, mm-hmm. but the first set is going to be five books and it's going to like kind of complete an arc for the storyline. And then the next five will complete like a second arc for the oh, same cool. storyline. So the fifth book is kind of the, this is going to be the closing of this chapter for that series. Uh-huh. And it comes out in 2024. <gasps> it just got released. Yes. It's going to be December 6th, 2024. Uh-huh. And I'm so both excited and nervous because that series has had like oh, it has had me so emotional and I feel Aww. like I'm gonna get absolutely wrecked by this book <laughs> in a good way but also I'm like not yeah. ready for it totally. um so really excited about that um and then my last one is not really an update more of a question have you heard of graphic audio no okay so I anything. had just heard about this Sam mentioned it to me and then I saw it come up on my uh, Instagram feed, and I guess it's audiobooks, but it has a full cast of actors, sound effects, and music. What? Have you heard about this? No. So I, they only have. It's a fairly new thing, I guess. Uh-huh. But they, so there's only like a few books. Some of the books that they have, they have the whole Akatar series on it. What? Throne of Glass, Crescent City. So all of Sarah J. Moss's work, uh-huh. and then they also have Fourth Wing. And I'm like, that's super intriguing. They have I a couple samples that. that I listened to that sounded pretty cool. Uh-huh. The only thing is, is they're, they're kind of expensive. They're like mm. the price of a regular book, which I get it. If you have a full cast of actors, like totally. sound effects and music for a book, like yeah. you gotta charge a bit more. But I thought it was really cool. I love that's that. That's such an intriguing way to consume books. It is. I love that. It's like a whole new way. Yeah. So you have like the narrator's voice and yeah. then each character has like their own voice. And there's <sighs> sound effects and music. Awesome. Superb. So cool. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I also, I love, I love, love, love all the ways that people are like 
learning and discovering new ways to make books like more accessible and yes. more approachable yeah. for people. Yeah. Like how exciting. Creative and exciting. Yeah. That, yeah. So I'm going to be keeping that. an eye on that and seeing if there's any like really cool deals. books that come out. Yeah. That. Yeah. And deals and things that I would love to listen to. That's awesome. Super cool. Where do you get them? I don't know. I, let me pull them up on Instagram. Cause that's where I saw them. Um, so it looks like they have a website. Ooh. Yeah, it's a website mm-hmm. that you can purchase it on. And then I don't know if it what it transfers to for uh-huh. you to actually listen to it. Like if it transfers to your Audible or if it transfers right. to just like a, I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, they have Red Rising on there. Ooh. Yeah. Your favorite. My favorite. Love. <laughs> love that. Um, yeah, but super cool. I'm that's excited about that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Any bookish updates for you? Yeah. Okay, I have a little bit of a list. Nice. Just a little. I have one. Okay, so one that's like kind of bookish, mm-hmm. and then two that are definitely bookish. Sweet. Um. So my half bookish one <coughs> is just like a, just like a. I've been working on an art project. Okay. Where, so for Hopman, I was using like old children's books from like thrift stores and like old book sales and stuff um, to like make cute little magnets. Oh. But then I decided that I wanted to try to create, like take them and make like a collage. Ooh. Yeah, do you like to collage? I do like to collage. I don't do it often, but I always love it. It's so good. Yeah. So I did one <gasps> and it's not done yet, but oh I thought gosh, you would- Oh my gosh, that is so cute. I thought you would like to see it. That is so cute. Thanks. Oh my gosh, I love how it's kind of like 3D too. Thank you. That's so fun. Thanks. Yeah, I haven't finished it yet, but it's fun because it's like... You'll have to post it on our Instagram. Yeah, I totally will. It's like a bunch of different like things from... Because I feel like the house... I mean, I'm going to describe it, but (laughs) I feel like multiple parts came from one book. Like Mm -hmm. these parts came from one book. This one, Batman and (laughs) Window, that came from a book. Like they came from like... I think I used like four or five nice. different books nice. to like put them together. So it was How kind of fun. It was just a fun project yeah. and super fun to take something that was like thrifted or like turn, you know, like yeah. kind of, the, I don't know. Maybe would be going in the trash in some yeah. circumstances. Yeah. And giving it a new life yeah. and a new like. And a creative thing. outlet. And yeah. Very cool. It's been super fun. So thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then two bookish. So the first is that I finished Book three in the Murder Most Unladylike series. How was it? So cute. Yeah. It's the one about the, um, they're on a train. Murder on a train is always good. Yes. Oh, can't go wrong. Can't, can't yeah. go wrong. <laughs> um, so I just ordered the fourth book. Nice. How um, many are there in that series? I think there are nine. That's a good amount. I think the ninth one just came out this year. Solid. Yeah. So it's still going. Right on. Um, But, oh. So cute. Love it. So cute. Yeah. So those are, those are mine. Love. Yes. They're brief, but bookish. Um, (laughs) Brief, but bookish. Brief, but bookish. So. I think you're kicking us off this. Oh, you're right. Because I made you do, I made you do (laughs) your top 23 first. (laughs) Yeah. And then before that, we had, I don't remember. Um, What was our one before that? 
Oh, we did Christmas. Well, holiday, oh, yeah. winter oh, yeah. year. Because you did... Oh, yeah, which I went first, too. The... <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn. It's my turn. Okay. <laughs> Deal. Okay. So, for this week, I... <laughs> uh, okay. For this week, I read Wretched by okay. Emily McIntyre. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was like wanting to talk about a different book, but I finished this one in time yeah. and I was like, I have enough time to write the note. Have you had that before? Yes. Where yes, you're like, definitely. oh God, Oops. I've got to commit. <laughs> yep. <Yeah>. So, hello, Smutland. I'm stoked. <laughs> I'm so stoked. Um, okay. So, Wretched by Emily McIntyre. Um, this is book three in the Never After series. Mm-hmm. Um, and you haven't read any of these ones, Mm-mm. right? Okay. No. There's like Hooked. There's... What are the other ones? Um, so, Hooked, Scarred, Wretched is three. Um, I think Cursed is four okay. or five. Cursed is five. And twisted as four. Gotcha. Okay. But you don't have to read them in order. Correct. Yes. Okay. They're all their own stories. Beautiful. Um, so far, because I am like halfway through the second one, I just did a weird thing. <laughs> a little, a little there. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but so far, none of them have overlapped. Okay. So. And who is wretched about? Okay. So my bad because I thought that all of these books were like based off of. Disney princess That was my stories? understanding, too, so they're not. They are not, okay. I discovered, with this one. Okay. Because, okay, so number one, Peter Pan. Yeah. Number two is, um, Scarred is Lion King. Mm-hmm. And then number three, Wretched, is Wizard of Oz? Oh. Question mark? All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know, I was, yeah. So, okay. Based on the Wizard of Oz. Cool. So, Wretched, we have <clears throat> Nick... <laughs> who is our main male character. Okay. Um, and Eveline, Evelyn, Eveline, on the female, as the female main character. Okay. Um, and Nick is like a player mm-hmm. and he's like all about getting that pee. I <laughs> <laughs> wish pee though. Oh. <laughs> That is a good point. That is a good point. Um, he's only in it for the ladies. Okay, okay. So I know it's kind of boring, but <laughs> it's a very heteronormative yes. book. Um, and so he is like an FBI agent, super all up in law enforcement, and he works for like the like national FBI. Dang. Um, so he's like top top yeah. dog. Um, and so he has been given this job. He's been assigned a new undercover job, Mm -hmm. um, where he will be part of this kind of like drug ring up in, um, like up north of Chicago area. So, um, and his job is to kind of like get in there, get on their good side, um, and find out who the supplier is of this new drug mm-hmm. called Flying Monkey. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, I die. <laughs> um, and so his last night of freedom before he like moves up there for his undercover job, he and his bestie go to a club and bump in the club. 
So nice. they go there. So shifting gears, we have Evelyn. 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 Pick one. I know. Okay. <laughs> L-I-N-E. Eveline? I think it could be said either way. I think I've heard it said both ways. So whichever you said in your head. Okay, we're doing Eveline. Okay. Okay. Committed. So she works for her dad's business. Her dad is like the drug lord for Mm. Flying Monkey. Mm -hmm. And um, she kind of works as a collector um, if certain like dealers have done them dirty she'll go and collect the okay, money okay um or she'll kill people so she's gonna be kind of intimidating yeah she's like or she'll kill people sorry <laughs> i just caught that on at the end there yeah okay yeah. evelyn's a bad bitch she's a bad yeah. bitch mm-hmm. and she or she'll like she's like the dirty work doer the collector um she's like tiny but mighty mm-hmm. so She's definitely that type of person. Um, But we also find out that she is the supplier of Flying Monkey. She has a cottage that was gifted to her by her eldest sister who has since passed away Mm. that she like desperately misses. Um, And so her sister gifted this cottage that's right off of her dad's property. Um, And underneath the cottage is this huge like sprawling laboratory oh, with shit. like a greenhouse and stuff nice. so she grows poppies Ooh. um and so flying monkeys like an opioid then yes okay yes um so she ends up at this club that nick is at they don't know each other but they meet she's there on a job so mm-hmm. she's just killed somebody mm-hmm. and <laughs> Literally, like, opens... Just needs to unwind after (laughs) after a hard day of work. It's a hard day of murder. Hard murder, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, literally, like, her first sentence is like, shit, there's blood on my shoes. (laughs) Like, she's, like, all disgruntled. Um, And so she meets Nick at the bar, but she's disguised. She has, like, a wig on and, like, just a different look. Um, but they kind of hit it off mm-hmm. and they like flirt and stuff mm-hmm. and they bang it out in the bathroom oh, yeah. of a club. Mm-hmm. Why not? As Get it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, best I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then Eveline goes home to Kinland, I think is the, the town. Okay. Um, and little does she know in her group of fellow like kind of drug pushers um one of their family friends who's also part of the business has kind of been caught and has negotiated with the fbi um to let kind of an undercover agent come in and observe and kind of get the ends Mm -hmm. of the drug ring Mm -hmm. um to kind of expose the supplier to kind of shut it down and so that person's name is zeke who is kind of family friend but also working both sides um so basically he ends up going to nick ends up going to kinland um and gets an in with zeke and the whole drug ring um to kind of feel it out and Evelyn's dad wants to get into like 
diamonds and like jewels and stuff so he's like made up this whole backstory about how he's like a jewel thief Mm. and he's like stolen many a jewel in his Mm. time yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was like do those still exist yeah right (laughs) um but that's how he gets in and then immediately he and um Evelyn like recognize each other and she's pissed and he's all like flirty playful like "Mm, whatever Mm -hmm. you know um and so then he gets assigned um by Evelyn's dad who's Mm -hmm. like okay you're like the new guy I want to show you the ropes like Mm -hmm. and kind of Sticks him with Evelyn. Okay. Okay. So okay. she kind of takes him to all of the different like things, all on all the different yes. jobs and stuff. So that's kind of what it's about. And smut and force, force proximity trope. Oh, love it. Yes. And lovers to enemies to lovers, yeah. which I always love. <laughs> yes. That's like a win-win. The little back win. and forth, back and forth. Yes, yeah. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um. So my thoughts are that's kind of what it's about you know like yeah. what happens yeah. once you know once they're in that tense situation yeah and, and they find out who the other person is and um because that's the thing too right like when they meet nick's like my name's nick and then when he ends up going there yes. as the jewel thief yes. he's like i'm brayden so and she recognizes him he yes. doesn't recognize her no he does oh he does too okay. yeah which i thought at first that wasn't gonna be the yeah. case yeah but she was working at one of the bars that her dad owns mm-hmm. and her sister dorothy and zeke they are there chatting with nick slash brayden mm-hmm. is his undercover name and then he, when they introduce the other Westerly daughter, um, Evelyn, then Brayden slash Nick is like, oh, I remember you a lot blonder because she had this like wig yeah. on. Yeah. Um, so, so right away, we know. Right they, away. They, okay. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. So <laughs> thoughts. <Yes>. Um, <laughs> I loved the breadcrumbs. Okay. Like there were... At first, I was like, oh, is there a wand? Yeah. Like, do we have to? <laughs> do we have to do this, Emily? Um, but yes, yes, we did. <laughs> and it was really good. I mean, I liked, there's a part with, like, glittery shoes, mm-hmm. um, like, the ruby slippers. Um, so, as I had mentioned, Evelyn's eldest sister, Nessa, was killed, Um and then her ruby shoes went to Dorothy. So there was like this transfer. And Dorothy and Nessa didn't get along at all. Okay. But Nessa and Evelyn got along really well. Okay. So she's like, get rid of those ruby slippers. Like, whatever. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's kind of the man behind the curtains. Yeah. Because. Um, her father or. It's her best friend. So she oh, has a best okay. friend um, that she went to high school with. And he is like super tech savvy. Um, is like really, really good with computers and like hacking. So he's kind of like living in his mom's basement and doing all this <laughs> hacking work. Um, and so they become like really good friends okay. and he's kind of her, her man behind the curtains. Mm-hmm. Um, the underground lab 
was so cool. That sounds really cool. With all the poppies. Yeah. Like, hell yes. Yeah. It was super fun. And, like, it was just underneath this super cute, quaint little cottage. Um, and there is, like, a little yellow brick path to the cottage. That, that, okay, I love that. It's so cute. Yeah. Um, and then Zeke was kind of, like, the cowardly lion in the story, too. Um, you know, he talks about getting his courage back. Um, and so I liked all of these like breadcrumbs. Yeah. And I think that it is so clever to have like created a story with all of those references. Yeah. Yeah. That like, as a reader, it's like, Oh, I know that. I know that. Like, Oh, ha ha. The flying monkeys situation. (laughs) Um, but I did think, so I haven't finished the second book, mm-hmm. Scarred. But in the first book that takes place, um, it's like based on Peter Pan. There's a drug in that one too. And it's mm. also a drug ring. Oh. And the drug is called Pixie Dust. Uh-huh. And so this one, it's also a drug ring, right. but it's Flying so Monkey. Like, is there some sort of connection with drugs? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> are they all about drugs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are they all about like... Right? Do yeah, I, does anyone in either this or Hooked, does anyone... Like, any of our main characters try the drugs? No. Okay. I think, well, I don't remember with Hooked, but I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. And then I think that she's very much, like, Eveline's very much, like, don't, don't get high on your own yeah. supply. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Nick, one of his biggest things and one of his, like, arcs throughout is that, um like drugs kind of ruined his family. Mm. Um, his mom was like an addict and she just kind of left them. And then his sister struggled with addiction. And now she's like clean and sober and she's like working now and everything's going really well for her. Um, but she's kind of living with him as she gets back on her feet. Gotcha. So he has kind of a lot of resentment towards anyone that's like pushing drugs or dealing drugs and gotcha. like that community. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Eveline is just kind of feeling the pressure from her family. It's mm-hmm. like the family business. Mm-hmm. Her mother is like gone, just like left because her father went to prison for Dang. different charges. Yeah. So it's a whole thing. So now she just feels this kind of loyalty to her family. Right. And Nessa would always say, there's no one like family and there's no place like home. <laughs> and <laughs> and so there were a lot of, like, really high stakes emotions. Yeah. Which I feel like is kind of the flavor of a lot of, like, smut novels. Yeah. Um, where it's, you know, it's really, like, energetic really and lively yeah. and kind of just, like, fast paced. Mm-hmm. Um, and... But there were some, like, good, deeper nuggets. Um, Evelyn kind of gets to this point where she realizes that she's just living for other people. She misses her sister so much, Mm -hmm. and she, like, visits her grave all the time. Mm -hmm. And she was kind of holding on to this, like, I have to be loyal to my family because my sister always said that I should. And that's kind of my way to, like, pay tribute to her. And then her father having this, like, family business so it was kind of an interesting arc to see her realizing that she's living for people for better and for worse right. and how they both 
are negatively affecting her right. because it's not allowing neither of them her, are for her right yeah. it's just not allowing her to be who she is um and then nick his whole arc is kind of just about accepting that people can be both good and bad yeah. and can have bad qualities yeah or can like do bad things but still be good people right. um you know, and a lot of that came from his like close relationship with his sister mm -hmm. because he's like, oh, I love this girl, but she's like, you know, like laboratorying these drugs right. in her basement. Yeah, this is kind of antithesis to everything I've stood for and my literal job. Right. So. <laughs> don't really know how to reckon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was it was kind of nice to see him. Just explore the shades of gray, yes. as it were. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay. Um, so it was really hot. Yeah. Lot, I, I was gonna How say. <laughs> I was trying to like you know not, but I'm gonna just. It's fine. It's yes. happening. Yes. So it was super. It was super hot. Yeah. Like I think their dynamic was really like sexy there's something inherently spicy about that you yes. know that like kind of i mean a it's forbidden because yes. it's your job it's against what you're doing like yes and something about that dynamic is just and especially because they yes. both know yes which is you wouldn't think that yes they would both know going into it like you said but right. i think that adds something spicy too totally why did Evelyn not rat him out um well she didn't know Oh, that, oh, she doesn't know that he's, he mm -hmm. works for the police. Okay. Yeah. The only thing that he tells her is that he got another job. Okay. When they first meet, he's like, yeah, I'm out celebrating because I just got yeah. a new job. Yeah. Um, so she thinks that it's working for family he, biz. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The jewel thiefing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so yeah, she doesn't know. And then he doesn't know when he first, first meets her and they hook up. But yeah. Then he then, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's also so. something tasty about them having hooked up before. Yes! And then, like, there's this tension. It's like, yes. okay, you know what it was like. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're both kind of begrudgingly, like, yes. oh, that was wonderful. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, and there's this thing where, you know, so her sister, Dorothy, is very much like, Oh, and like kind of likes to make a show of everything, loves to be the center of attention, mm. um, and just likes to be the star of the show. Yeah. And so it was really like at first when Nick gets assigned the job, his boss is like, get in with Dorothy, ah, like he cozy up to Dorothy, yeah. flirt with Dorothy. Um, and that's how you'll kind of really get in and win the Westerly right. family over. So that was kind of a spicy yeah. piece of it too. That was Ooh. lovely. It was so much fun. I had the best time with it. Good. It was so hot. Yes. Um, one of the things that I thought was kind of, I try not to be too critical because it's like a smut novel. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard to do like deep dive analyses, yeah. but um, Evelyn was like, understandably so closed off mm -hmm. she was it was hard to like get into her head and while I feel like she was vulnerable at certain points I felt like it was never like what I wanted it mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. like she would access kind of these like feelings and stuff and be like overwhelmed but then like 
she would just like collapse in Nick's chest and he would carry her like, you know, and it was like kind of this really dramatic expression of vulnerability, but nothing that really required her to like challenge herself to be more open and Mm -hmm. to be more honest. And there are like little moments, but I think collectively it was, it was a little bit unbelievable in the sense that, you know, he does have such like black and white views of everyone. Yeah. But then is like able to, I don't know, is able to like find that compassion, which obviously everybody deserves. But I also think that she does so much to push people out that it was kind of hard to see, you know, there's one time where she smiles. <laughs> And then he's like, oh, that smile. I'm so in love. And that's it. (laughs) And it's like, literally, she just shot someone in the fucking head. (laughs) Like, and you're like, oh, but that smile, though. Like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) He's like, I know I shouldn't. And I'm like, I really look at you. It's kind of scary. (laughs) Um, So I thought that was a little bit like. I don't know. A little bit unbelievable. Like, I wanted her to challenge herself, and I wanted her to want to be open. And she does talk a lot about being, like, really lonely and having to just kind of, like, head down, do the work. Because there is so much pressure. um, And there's kind of a lot to live up to from her sister. And a lot to, like proof Mm -hmm. she's like super tiny and like short and female in this like male dominated kind of street job right and (laughs) um and so a lot of times like she talks about what it feels like to be like constantly undermined and having to prove that she's just as tough yeah so I felt like it had its place but you just wanted a little bit I did. I think I did. Yeah. And, like, she was violent a lot. Like, she would, like, kill people, and that's fine for the purposes of the story. Like, I'm, I'm like, yes, I love characters that kill people. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine. But I felt like, and it had its place, but I'm having a hard time, like, I think I'm having a hard time kind of reckoning with that. Yeah. Like, when does violence in a main character, like, contribute to their character? And and what does it serve? Mm-hmm. Is it just proving that they're capable? Yeah. But you kind of already know that she's right. capable. Right. Because she's made it this far. Right. And she's growing drugs in her fucking basement <laughs> yeah. in a laboratory. Yeah. So, I don't know. I kind of thought it was interesting to have almost this, like villainy villainous main character who does have like the world on her shoulders it's like you're you're given this like not even more they're not even morally gray like she's kind of morally black totally and you want you want something some that emotional thing to pull her more into the morally gray where you can kind of have more of a connection to her because if she's just like this killing tough bad bitch and that's like and that's what you're given. It's kind of right. like, okay, that's great and all, but I also like I also want to feel some sort of emotional connection to her as totally, well. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And it's like 
she would go through the motions of like going to her sister's grave and like kind yeah. of like you know reflecting on her youth and her closeness like with her sister who passed away and you know her I don't know just the loneliness that she feels but like I didn't, yeah, I didn't feel like it was quite enough to pull her back into that more gray, like, redeeming category where I could feel connected. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was, like, really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I always think it's really interesting, especially with, like, smut novels, Mm -hmm. my newly found love genre. But that is something that I found to be really interesting is, like, there is such a line, like, and with these, like, tropes, I feel, like, there is such a line between, like, what is, what is, are you okay? Yeah, I just, itchy in my ass. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, there is such a, a line between, like, what is hot versus, like, what's kind of whiny. Yeah. And, like, what what is, like, hot versus, like, what is pushy that is pushy kind of hot. Sometimes it kind of is. Sometimes it is. There's a fine line between hot and ooh. Yes. So. Yeah. So I think I as, like, this is a relatively new genre for me, I think that's been really fun to, like, explore because Mm -hmm. there is so much variety. Um. And there is so much kind of, like, diversity yes. and so many different things being represented. Yes. Um, which is really fun to explore. Yes. It's fun to be in, like, a high-stakes story, mm-hmm. but, like, experiencing none of the consequences. Of the- <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you know? It's, like, that's one of the beauties uh-huh. of reading. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, there were parts that were kind of, like, dramatic and not super real, but... I still really enjoyed it and I ordered the next one. So of course, fine. <laughs> naturally. Um, and so, yeah, there's, it's like a mafia romance. Okay. I feel kind of like yeah. it's, they're part of this like Irish mafia, the Westerly family. Yeah. So, and I didn't know that was like a subgenre, but like, <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. totally. <laughs> um, forced proximity and enemies, or I guess lovers to enemies to lovers. Yes. Which I love. Yes. Um, and then my two final thoughts were, this is my first audiobook smut. Okay, how was it? Because I've wondered, like, is it weird having someone say out loud all of those things that are happening? Yes. Okay, a mixed bag, a mixed bag, because on one hand, like, so... During my work day, like, when I'm working from home, I'll go for, like, two walks throughout the day, uh-huh. and I'll put my headphones on, and I'll listen to my audiobook yeah. while I'm walking. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> literally, I don't know how this just happened, but, like, every time that, that I was, was on... That was when happened. Yes! Mm-hmm. And it was, like, really very hot, and I was, like, walking, and You're I was, like... You're, like, ooh, I gotta... I'm just, I'm gonna head back home. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna turn this puppy around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like very very hot better on a walk than when you're like in a grocery store or something though yes or like at work physically (laughs) totally agree with you hands down Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah but I was thinking about it because I was like this was a very positive experience I loved it at first I was like I don't know if I'll get as into it as an audiobook right um but I totally did. I feel like I devoured it as fast mm-hmm. as, like, I read them. Mm-hmm. Like, just super yummy, here for it, love it. It just totally helps 
I feel like it helps get out of a reading slump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing it's a perfect helps. little, yeah. Yeah. A little pick me up. Totally. And it totally worked. I devoured the audiobooks. Yes. Um, but I also think that one of the beauties of it was that the actors who played both people, because they alternate perspectives each chapter. Yeah. And so the narrators that they chose were fabulous. Good. That makes a huge difference. Huge. Because mm-hmm. I was like, if it's if it's cringy, Ugh, I'm going to laugh the whole time. I'm not going to take it seriously. It's the gonna penis be entered the vagina. <laughs> yes. The cum dribbles. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ugh. Stop yeah. saying words. I'm scarred. Yeah. yeah. Scarred. Scarred. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think, I think that worked mm-hmm. really well. Mm-hmm. Both actors were phenomenal. How graphic was it? Very. Ooh. It was lovely. <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. Yeah. It was it was a great time. And it was like, it wasn't, yeah. It was like right from the, yeah. It was just interspersed throughout. I'm going to listen to an audio sample of it on my way home because I'm just so curious. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like sometimes it's kind of awko when like you have like, a female presenting narrator trying to like do like deep yeah you know, like Man's, male character yeah. you know representation and stuff like and like dialogue it's so awkward and it's totally taken me out of the experience yes. before yes. um but in this one I actually I thought they both did very well Good. yeah it Good. wasn't awkward it wasn't cringe right and it was kind of hot to like hear them say with yeah. such confidence yes like read these things no like awkward little and then yeah, I was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, where this whole time I'm like skirting around yeah. the fact that this is a smutty yeah. ass novel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, they just like full on confidently say it, and it's hell yeah, hot, hell yeah. So I loved it. I wonder if, just kind of out of curiosity, I wonder yeah. if certain narrator narrators like specialize in smut or like are you going back and forth like mm-hmm. you're just thrown one day a smut novel and one day you're talking about cock and then the next yeah. you're narrating like a, a book on boats or something you yes. know like yes I wondered that too because I was like wow you have such conviction yes they're like pussy and I'm like ah! yeah. and it's hot and yeah. I'm like here for it and I was like you didn't even have to like rev your engines right. for that. Yeah. You were just it there. It just came. You were oh. just <laughs> in it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was delightful. Love. Um, and then the last last thing that I have to say about it is, that I did find myself a little exhausted thinking about all of the therapy that. <laughs> to do at the end I was like oh god you're in for a ride some stuff out yeah you're in for a hell of a ride yeah so what was your overall rating I don't know probably like I mean it's uh it's hard because I don't want to like I need to readjust how I like rate things because like (laughs) I don't want to rate it less just because it's like cheap titillation in some way you know like it's Mm. just like you know exciting and sexy um but I feel like there were certain factors that like took you out of that enjoyment from the cheap titillation which if that's what the book's for and there are factors that you feel like would right enhance that versus detract from that totally with that in mind like I'd probably put it at like 
a 3.8 to 4.2-ish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I do think that they're, like, this is a pretty short one compared to, like, her other ones. Mm-hmm. This one was, like, significantly shorter. Okay. I think that, like, Scarred, the audiobook, is 11 hours. Okay. And even though I haven't listened to it, I've just read it, but I was looking. Anyway, yeah. um, this audiobook was less than eight hours. Okay. So like significantly yeah. different. Yeah. And I think that there was plenty of room to incorporate more of that, like gooey, like emotionally right. kind right. of like real feels. Right. And so I think there was like the space there was like, it, it, yeah. And I, it, I was sad that it was like missing that. Yeah. But, and Hooked yeah. did have that for you? A little bit. Not enough. Hooked was a okay. different ride. Okay. Like, <laughs> it was, it, yeah. I think Hooked was honestly, surprisingly, darker oh, okay. than this. Okay. Which, and it was good. Like, I hated how much I loved Hooked, but I actually <laughs> think I gave it five stars. Okay. Which I hate for, I hate that <laughs> for me. Because um, <laughs> I remember it was like, thinking about like oh my god this is so fucking toxic yeah this is so toxic but, I <laughs> but just, i'm here for it yes why am i here yes. for it i like could not put it down yeah and i have another smut book um i think it might be in my room but um that is the haunting of Adeline. <gasps> have you heard of it have you Sam read it just started it <gasps> that one's supposed to be toxic as fuck yeah that's what i've heard so toxic i remember we were reading the description of it and i was like yes I mean, this is much. I I don't even know if I could. I don't know. I don't it's know. Much. It is much, much. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's what I've read. But too. people love it. People love. But yeah. people also loved Birthday Girl, and they didn't fucking dirty. That's true. But what does Sam think so far? I don't know. I just saw her market as started on Goodreads, so I gotta ask her about it. Yes. I'll, t- I'll get back to you, TBD. Yes, TBD. Yeah, that one's on my list, and yeah. I'm kind of afraid of it. Yeah. But I'm kind of excited. Right? It's like, okay, how dark was too dark for me? Like, yes. what is, where are my boundaries? Let's find them together. <laughs> yeah. Let's discover. Let's have a little read-along. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it. I do think that's one of the joys of, like, the smut genre. Yeah. There's a lot to be explored. And I don't think, the thing that I, I don't, like, I definitely don't want to shame people for it. Because yeah. there's so many different, okay, well, this is going to be a little much. But I'm so like, excited. I, so, Several years ago, I went to, with uh, with Sam and my roommate, Erin, uh-huh. who uh-huh. I don't think you ever met, but she was delightful. Mm-hmm. We went to um, Hump, Portland Portland Film Festival, Porn Film Festival. <gasps> yes! No! Okay. So it was fantastic for the most part. That but there were definitely amazing. some... So for those of you who don't know, Hump is a film festival that happens in Portland. I don't know if it's yearly. I haven't seen it come up since that one yes. year I went. But where it's... Like, basically a whole bunch of indie creators who do porn. Yes. And um, they show, you're in, you're in basically a movie theater yeah. watching porn with a whole bunch of people. Fuck yes. <laughs> I'm obsessed. It was, it was actually a really wonderful experience, but there were some where I was like, okay, this is, this crosses some boundaries for me. Yeah. yeah but yeah. still being able to recognize that as long as it's consensual, there yeah. are things that other people enjoy and that is okay. Totally. So I definitely don't want to shame people for liking books that maybe cross my boundaries. Totally. Um, and while I may have problems with certain things that happen that in books, it's okay for other people to 
enjoy. Totally. You know? totally. So it's, it's definitely an interesting genre of books. Yes. It can be very divisive. Yes. And I think that's like totally the fun of it in a lot of ways like it is such a fun space to explore and like to really kind of especially I think it can be kind of hard like I don't know I think it can be kind of hard as you get older too to like keep exploring your sexuality and I think it's such a fun way to like to do that and to like learn about new things yes. and like see different things and see like oh, people what like excites that? you. How interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I think it's Discover such... things that you maybe even didn't know excited you. Exactly. Yeah. I think it is such a fun genre and I'm having the best time with it. One of my favorite authors that I've read so far in this genre and then I swear I'm done is um <laughs> Jillian Graves so she she writes monsters but... oh okay what's one of her works Do um, I recognize any of them so one of them is called Titan that's her first... oh I think I've heard you talk about that yes. one before. and then one of them is a novella that I actually loved and I've lent it to like five different people <laughs> But it's smut like, is a dangerous thing to lend to folks, Liz. Yeah, that, that is, is bold. true. That is true. <laughs> yes. Fortunately, one of them is a friend that I've had since kindergarten. Okay. So you know. So I know. Yes. Um, and she did love it. Perfect. But it's called Blood Moon, uh-huh. and it's about like this like witch and a vampire. Mm-hmm. It's super mm-hmm. hot. Okay. Um, but yeah, like it's just like things like that that are so niche. Yeah. And so yeah. fun. And then I have like Ice Planet Barbarians. Yes. And I haven't read it yet. Oh, but I've I'm, heard fantastic things. I'm so I've excited. Heard fantastic things. Oh, yeah. it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had the best time and I am excited Good. for the next one. Okay, I'm excited to hear about the next Twisted. one. I loved this. This is such a great talk. You. Beautiful. It Love it. Yeah, no, it's super fun. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a good genre. Yes. It's, it's definitely one I'm excited to have stumbled to into. More into. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay, switching gears. Yes. <laughs> um Sestern. All right. So for this one, I read Vampires of El Norte yes. by Isabel Canis. I'm so excited. And she also wrote, this is her second book. Her first one is The Hacienda, which is another yeah. book that I want to read. But I saw the cover and the title for this one. And I was just like, I have to do it. Of course. And I'm so glad I did. Yes. Um, so we're going to start by kind of getting into the setting oh of this God. book. Yes. Um, because it's excellent. I love the setting of this book. So this book takes place in 1840s Mexico, um, specifically at the Texas-Mexico border uh-huh. during the Mexican-American War and kind of the annexation of Texas, mm-hmm. the acquisition of land from Mexico and the acquisition of it into the United States. Yeah. And this book takes place in a small town called um, Los Ojuelos. I don't, I, I never took Spanish in high school, so I apologize if I totally butcher some of these Spanish names, <laughs> but Los, Los Ojuelos. And this takes place on a ranch mm-hmm. and it follows Nina, who is the daughter of the landowner, the rancher, mm-hmm. and Nestor, who is the son of a ranch hand on this, mm. uh, on this ranch. Nina and Nestor are, they're 13 when this book opens up and they're just the fucking cutest little creatures. Oh. They are so clearly in love. Nestor had... Mm. Nestor had come to the ranch with his family. Mm-hmm. Um, they had previously lived on a different ranch further north, but it had been invaded by Americans, mm-hmm. burned to the ground. He lost his home. Mm-hmm. And so this is where he's currently living. Mm-hmm. And Nana describes how he came and he was, she was like, there was instantly like 
he's my person. Like they were best friends. They do oh. everything together. They're like inseparable, tied at the hip. Cute. Um, very, very sweet. And they have their whole life like planned out ahead of oh. them. They're like, we're going to get Nestor's like, I'm going to save up and buy my own land. And then we're going to get married and you're going to, you get to stand on like the porch every day. And oh like, they just God. have their sweet little life planned out with Ugh. each other. And it's just so adorable. That is so precious. And the book opens up with these little 13 year olds and they are meeting up after dark. Mm. You know, Nana's sneaking out of the house. Ugh. She's, you know, to go and see him. Cute. And they're meeting up after dark to go on this little adventure together. So Nestor's abuela uh-huh. always would tell them this story about this Spaniard who was traveling across Mexico with a whole bunch of silver and he got so exhausted he knew he couldn't make it across so he buried his silver and then went off and then died and never came back for his silver. What? So somewhere close to their home, they know it's somewhere in the vicinity of where they live, uh-huh. there's this legend that there's this Spaniard silver buried. So oh. they're meeting up at night to go On a treasure find the silver. Yes. Oh. Find the silver and, you know, dual purpose. Mm-hmm. Nana's like, oh, it'll help my my family, my father, our ranch, but then it'll also help Nestor acquire his land and so our life can start happening together. Oh my god. Very sweet. So cute. So they go out together into the darkness and um, as they kind of come across where they think it's buried, mm-hmm. Nana starts to feel really uneasy. Um, she mm-hmm. starts to describe it as like the feeling you get right before like a lightning strike. You oh, hear God. This, the hair on your arms is standing on end. Yeah. Everything just feels kind of off. The anticipation. Yes. yes. Yeah. And so she, she's brushing off. She's like, it's dark. It's night. That's normal. We're, yeah. That's, it's fine. And so Nestor starts to dig in the spot they think that it's buried with his shovel Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden this dark shape kind of rises up as Nana's watching Nestor and she screams and Nestor turns around and this creature this gray pale creepy creature attacks Nana bites at her neck and starts basically sucking her blood it's a vampire spoiler alert (laughs) Um, but they don't know that right and Nestor is obviously terrified. He's just a 13-year-old boy. Right. And he debates leaving, but then he's he's fearful of losing his home again. Nana's become his home. Oh. He previously lost his home up north, and now oh. Nana's his home. So he's like, I can't lose my home again. So he goes and he, with his shovel, just starts oh. beating this vampire and gets it to leave. He, yeah. he makes it flee. But Nana's in really bad shape. She's bleeding yeah. at the neck. She's limp. He can't get her to wake up. Wow. So he picks her up and carries her back to the ranch and she's completely lifeless. Mm. And he knocks on her family's door, drops her off, not drops her off. He, you know, puts her on the ground and her, uh, Nana's mother is screaming, you killed her. You killed her. She's dead. She's dead. And uh, Nana's father, who is a notoriously harsh, Mm. strict, um, I wouldn't say cruel, but like, traditional man Mm. uh, just looks at Nestor with rage in his eyes. And so Nestor flees. He runs and he doesn't stop running. He leaves the ranch, A, because Nana's dead. There's nothing keeping him there anymore. And then B, holy shit, her dad's going to kill me. (laughs) Yeah. So he he runs and the next time we see him is nine years later. He is working as an independent 
ranch uh ranchero like an independent yeah. person who kind of helps around with ranches yeah and he's saving his money he's been saving money for a long time for his own ranch mm-hmm. and it's very important to them him that he's kind of independent he's not indebted to anyone mm-hmm. um he doesn't owe his life basically to a ranch owner like his family did when they mm-hmm. lived on on nana's farm they all it was kind of, i'm not sure what the kind of system was but mm-hmm. basically they they worked for him to pay off debts. I'm guessing he paid for their living, their oh. food and all that. And so they worked for, you know, that kind of situation. Kind of like indentured yes. servitude yes. almost. Yes, kind oh, of like okay. that. So it's very important to them that he's in him that he's independent and that mm-hmm. he's saving his own money because he really wants to have his own ranch someday and be kind of the master of his own fate. Yeah. And he has not returned to Los Ojuelos since that all went down. He obviously has a ton of trauma from that. Yeah. And he has not let Nana go um, mm. in his heart. He thinks about her constantly. Mm. Um, he's never really been able to move on. He has relationships with other women. Like there's a woman he, in a certain town he goes to that he sees mm. every time he's there, but it's not like, it'll never go further than just kind of a casual thing for him. Right. So one day Nestor gets a letter from his remaining family that he has in Los Ojuelos mm-hmm. and they are asking him to come back to the ranch because the Americans, mm-hmm. the Anglos, are invading further south and mm-hmm. the town of Los Ojuelos is under threat of being overtaken by them. Mm-hmm. So they are asking him to come back and help defend the area against the invasion. Mm-hmm. And so... Nestor rises to the occasion despite his fear of returning and confronting Nina's parents and that whole situation. Right. And especially because he's feeling a lot of guilt. Like, is this my fault? I asked her to come out with me. We were out in the dark together. We were 13. What were we doing alone in the, you know? Yeah. So he's feeling a lot of guilt, a lot of fear about going back, but he goes back anyway. And one of his friends, Beto, who is um, half Mexican, half white. Mm -hmm. So who kind of has been an outcast himself because Totally. He's got the blood of... He often gets confused for being American. Right. They go together, but he's... They're really good buddies, but they go back to the ranch together. Mm-hmm. And so Nestor arrives back at his home mm-hmm. in Los Ojuelos, and he sees all of his family first, and they're they're all like, why did you leave? We've missed you. And Aww. he is super confused mm-hmm. by the general lack of, like anger or hate like what the fuck you killed nana (laughs) you know he's like why is no one furious at me that confusion lasts until there's a big kind of get together of everyone Mm -hmm. who works and lives on the ranch Mm -hmm. and at the head table who does he see but nana what nine years later nana isn't dead and he's shell-shocked yeah he's like oh what the what? Yes. I, she was dead. I couldn't feel a pulse. I saw her on the floor. Right. Her mother was screaming. She was limp. What? Right. What? Right. And he's shell-shocked. So now let's see what Nana's been doing in the interim. So we yes. find out that Nana has... Well, when she sees him, she's super confused and hurt about why he left. Right. And why he never returned. In the interim, she's been actually learning from his grandma, his mm-hmm. abuela, mm-hmm. about healing and particularly healing what's called uh, susto, which mm-hmm. is a common folk illness in Latino mm-hmm. culture. And it's it's also known as the fright. Uh-huh. And basically it presents as listlessness or weakness, basically, mm-hmm. basically kind of death-like. Yeah. So it's what 
Nana had. Uh-huh. And Abuela was able to pull her out of it. So she's been learning from Abuela how to heal people, particularly from Susto. Oh, okay. Susto has been hitting the rancheros, the people living on the ranch in their mm-hmm. area, particularly hard recently. So mm. she's been learning lots. Yeah. And Nana is pissed that Nestor just kind of casually reappears back in her life because she's like why did you leave she right. has no clue what happened she she hasn't doesn't even have much memory of the events um she just remembers that she was injured she woke she got better and Nestor was gone yeah and so there's a ton of tension between Nana and Nestor Ooh. in fact the first time Nestor kind of plucks up his courage and goes to speak to uh-huh. Nana once he's back on the ranch she slaps him and basically tells him to get lost wow <laughs> because she's like what the fuck man we right. were best friends we were planning our life together right. and Nana has also been pining after his memory since then so she's just like pissed yeah totally um but it's very clear that they both still have feelings for each other mm-hmm. despite all of this and all this tension kind of comes to a head when okay so before that before i get to that mm-hmm. so we know nana's been training to be it's called a curandera mm-hmm. curandera which is like a spiritual healer learning from abuela and so uh-huh. she convinces her father that instead of getting married uh-huh. right away like a traditional woman was this is nine years later so they're what 22 now uh-huh. instead of getting married like would be traditional and proper for a woman her age and would Mm -hmm. benefit the ranch right she convinces her father to let her help out the general the the war effort basically by going with the men to the front lines of the war and working as a curandera for the men on the front line and her hope is that he will see the benefit that she brings to the ranch without having to get married without being basically like a bartering chip to some other man to help strengthen the ranch right right so she convinces him to let her go the mm-hmm. father agrees and nestor is assigned to be her guard <gasps> on the trip keep her safe <laughs> on the trip down one of a few he's not the only one but they have you know shifts of helping to guard nina uh-huh. so more of the forest proxy yes! trope <laughs> i love i love me too always good Ugh. It's on this journey to the front lines of the war effort mm-hmm. that Nana and Nestor start to discover what really attacked Nana that night and what yeah. has been terrorizing the areas around their home since then and uh-huh. what's been causing the susto in the community. And like I said, spoilers, it's vampires. <laughs> <laughs> vampires. Yes. It's in the name. Exactly. It's, it's in a, the name. You should have guessed. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where I'm going to leave it. <sighs> this There's definitely... A blooming romance between yes. Nana and Nestor. Or blooming or, I guess, recovering yes. romance since it was already. Oh, yes. um, and I really enjoyed this book. Mm-hmm. I gave it four out of five. Mm-hmm. I loved, loved, loved the setting. Um, oh. Not only just the physical setting. Like, yes. the author does a really good job in really making you feel like you're in 1840s Mexico. The, so the physical setting is great. But then she also gets across to the reader the kind of cultural dynamics yeah. and challenges, like I mentioned, Nana being a woman and her expectations and roles as a woman in that society. Totally. And then Nestor's fears also about not being able to be independent and be almost worthy of right. being with someone like Nana yeah. um, because of who he is. Right. Um, so she does a good job of getting those kind of dynamics in across to the reader as well. Yeah. But what I liked even more is 
the <laughs> the comparison of like literal bloodthirsty blood sucking monsters and the Americans yes. who are metaphorically sucking the lifeblood out of Mexico. Absolutely. That was, it was such a beautiful, like, oh, <laughs> side by that. side. And really, by the end of the book, you're like, okay, who's the real monsters? The vampires or these colonizing Anglos? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was fantastic. I also really liked her writing style. Mm. My main complaint Mm-hmm. The reason that it's kind of four out of five stars is mm-hmm. that our two main characters are fucking emotional, man. Which is great. <laughs> the opposite problem that you had. These two were pining, whiny little. Uh, it was very, very sweet. Don't get me wrong. Like for the first third of the book, I was like, oh my God, it's so sweet. So yeah. cute. They clearly love each other. And then I was like, oh my God, you guys figure your shit out yes. because holy shit, you guys are pining. <sighs> Literally every time you were in, because it switches between their perspectives, uh-huh. they were just ruminating about each other constantly. Oh, and I'm like, you guys, please get together. <laughs> just have a conversation. Just have a conversation. Bone it out. Come on. Bone it It'll out. help everything. I promise. <laughs> I promise. Yes. <laughs> So that's kind of my main main critiques mm-hmm. with kind of the plot of the book. Yeah. But overall, I really enjoyed it. I did. So I was anticipating it to be a lot more horror-y than yeah. it was. It definitely has horror elements, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't describe it as horror. Mm. Um, it's it's more of a romance. Okay. It's definitely got more of a romance, which was fine. I, I didn't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I... Just, I think I kind of wish that I had known that before going into it, that it wasn't necessarily horror. Still really good for what it is, but I wouldn't describe this as a horror novel. Yeah. But overall, I definitely really enjoyed it mm-hmm. and definitely want to pick up the Hacienda after yes. this because this was, this was a ton of fun and uh, really well done, I think. Nice. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I feel like it's always so hard when, like, if you go in with, like, those expectations... Yeah kind of like waiting for those elements to creep in and right. then they don't. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard for it to not feel like almost oh, emptier. Yeah. Well, cause yeah, yeah. Cause you're kind of, you are kind of waiting like, Oh, it's yeah. a horror. Like, okay, when is it? When is it? And then you're yeah. waiting for something that's not where this book is going to go. Right. Yeah. Right. It does leave you feeling a little bit lacking. Yeah. Not to detract from what this book actually is because I think it is really good. Yeah. yeah. It sounds amazing. And, and I've seen have, it everywhere. Yeah. You definitely have some scenes of like creepy ass vampires, a mm. lot of like dark, lonely Mexican countryside with Ugh. creepy vampires somewhere yes. in the distance. And I did appreciate also this book while I left off when they're on their way to the war, it does span like not the, not the full course of the war, but it spans, they get to the war front. You see some of the horrific kind of mm. war scenes and then you get to go back home with them too and Aww. see kind of like the whole working out of what that has done to everyone. Yeah. So it, it is a very full book for being not super long. Yeah. Um, it covers a lot of ground. Wow. Which is great. That is so nice. Mm-hmm. That's really mm-hmm. nice. So four out of five. Nice. That's yeah. aw- do they do the vampires like the monsters mm-hmm. fit like the stereotypes? Uh, like, are they killed similarly? Do they have the mm-hmm. same yuck factor not for garlic? Necess- <laughs> Garlic's not mentioned actually, oh, but yeah. they. Oh. So you do see them during the day, so it's not like they're only out at night. I think uh-huh. the the only kind of main comparisons is that they 
are blood sucking. Yeah. And they're creepy looking. Yeah. Um, and I I wanted to read actually because she has a like in her author's note, um, mm-hmm. she says, I had been fiddling with a novel idea involving vampires in 19th century Mexico, but I was dissatisfied. I fretted that the supernatural element felt shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Then I came across this November 1859 proclamation by Juan Nepomesino Cortina to the Mexican inhabitants of the state of Texas. It reached up from the page and seized me by the throat. And then I'm going to read it. Flocks of vampires in the guise of men came and scattered themselves in the settlements. Many of you have been robbed of your property, incarcerated, chased, murdered, and hunted like wild beasts because your labor was fruitful and because your industry excited the wild avarice which led them. So she found that and was like, yeah. their vampires were a part of yeah. like Mexican folklore at that time. Yeah. So she was like, oh, fuck yeah. Okay, yes. my vampires in Mexico story works. Hell yeah, green and light. Yeah. Because it does kind of talk about other like Mexican folklore stories like El Cuco and things yeah. like that. So yeah, I really appreciated that, that she actually like was incorporating something that did come from totally. traditional Hispanic culture. So totally. it was fun. Yeah. And including, like, with the spirit of that, like, proclamation and including yes. the monsters Yes, of exactly. Bangos. Exactly. That's... It was a really good, like, marriage of folklore and yeah. history, I felt. Oh, it was good. That's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's got just such a beautiful cover. I it love the does. colors. The I've seen it everywhere. Yeah. It is gorgeous. Good. Oh, and nice. the cover has a good texture to it too. Is it the matte like yeah. fingerprint texture? Oh, yeah. oh, it's, like, it's like <gasps> yes. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is so lovely. Love a good texture on a cover. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things, you know. It is. I love the spine too. Mm-hmm. That is so nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, beautiful. I do recommend nice. the That was gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I do have a would you, would you oh, rather. Oh, you do? Thing. Yeah. Okay. Do um, tell. So, would you rather mm-hmm. have super weird dreams forever or never dream again? Honestly? Okay. Hot take, potentially. I think I would never dream again. Wow. Because I already, okay, I literally have the weirdest dreams already. <laughs> and, like, sometimes they stay with me. Even if it's yeah. nothing harmful or anything, yeah. they'll stay with me for, like, days after. Yeah. And I literally just this past week had to buy a night guard mm. because I grind my teeth mm. so much in my sleep mm-hmm. because of all my weird-ass dreams. <laughs> I like, it's literally doing health damage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it was my first time with the night guard. Mm-hmm. But there we are. Uh, you, like, you've already had your first night? Or tonight I will be your first? I have. Okay, it's my, how was it? It was good. I had to, like, so I got, like, a four-pack. I think it was, like, a four-pack. So that, like, if anything in your face whole changes, you can, like, <laughs> adjust. Read, yeah. And, like, you boil it for 15 seconds. Oh, yeah. And then you pull it out, and then you bite on it, and mm-hmm. it molds to your teeth. hmm if you want a night guard, I have three <laughs> spares. Um, but yeah, it's been pretty good. I think the only thing I'm really kind of like acclimating to with is all the extra spit. Oh, yeah. It's a whole spitty experience. Mm, that's yeah. That's not pleasant. Yeah. Okay, what about you? Um. See, I, th- I thought I would go for weird dreams. Uh-huh. Have you, uh, like, but 
I guess there are nights where I don't feel like I dreamed. Yeah. And that's not bad. No. Like, I don't think I think of it any differently, but I do enjoy having dreams, but I do, yeah. I, there are times, I agree with you, where it stays with you. Yes. And you have no, con- like, it makes you feel kind of shitty sometimes, the weird shit yes. you dream. Yes. You're like, why the fuck was that in my head? Yes. That's bizarre. Totally. <laughs> That's uncomfy. Totally. It makes you kind of question yourself. Yes. Um. Absolutely. But I don't know. Dreams are also like, sometimes you have those really weird dreams too, where you're like, okay, but that was also kind of cool. <sighs> yes. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm. Could I trial having no dreams first? Yes. You could <laughs> trial run. Trial run. See, see how it goes. Yeah. See if that impacts. Yeah. I don't know how that would impact. Sometimes when I do have like good dreams or like neutral dreams, mm-hmm. I'm like, honestly, I wonder if this is what like the afterlife is like. Yeah. Is there an afterlife? Yeah. I don't know. But I'd be okay if I was if flying in the afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, right? You know? It sucks because when they're good, they're really good. Mm-hmm. But how often are they good? You know. Do you have like do you have recurring dreams? Not as an adult, but I nice. did as a kid. Oh. I had a recurring dream about a witch tickling me on a castle. And it was so scary, man. It was I so scary. Believe that. That's terrifying. <laughs> I don't know why it came about. I don't know why that was my recurring dream. I don't know what it means. If any of you are sleep like dream analyzers, let me know what that yes. means. But yeah, how about you? Recurring dreams? Um, yes. I I have one that's like it's my adult stress dream where mm. like I go to like check out at like a grocery store or something. There's a whole line yeah. behind me. Yeah. And right when I go to like press my pin, the numbers swap. So I can never push the right numbers oh, to press my pin because oh. they're constantly changing. Oh. It sucks. You're like, charge it credit. I don't want to put in my pin. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's like, everyone's waiting. Yeah. And, oh, or like, I'm trying to like check my account balance mm-hmm. before I get to the front. And like the numbers on my little like phone keyboard keep shifting and like the letters. So I can't put in like my password. Yeah. So that's always stressful. Um, Those anxiety dreams. Now that you bring that up, I do have a recurring dream from when I was a server for a really long time where I'm in a completely new setting. I don't know the table numbers. I don't know the menu. I don't know how our point of sale system works. So like I'm trying to put in like someone's cocktail order and I can't find. Oh my God. I have like 15 tables and they've all been waiting for their drinks because I can't figure out how to put them in. No, (laughs) that is so stressful. Okay. That sounds awful. Yeah. So now that you say it, I do my knit. Okay, Ugh. you're you're right. Let's have no dreams. <laughs> Let's just do you it. Know, Get rid of them. I'd rather just shut it down. Yep. Like. Sure, we churn out some cool ones, but let's just shut it down. Right. It's not worth it. No, (laughs) definitely not. I have had some dreams where, like, I've met, like, really hot actors that I Mm. like. Yeah. And I'm like, that's enjoyable. And then, like, you're somehow making out with them. Yes! (laughs) And then I wake up the next day feeling really fucking good. I'm like, yes, Brad Pitt. That Uh was a great Uh time last night. Thanks for that, man. Yeah. See you next time. (laughs) Yeah, but, um... Either way, we would rather, rather be, be reading. reading, dreaming of reading. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> true. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys.